1: Yes, good morning, everyone. Welcome along to Tradies News in a Nutshell for you, 21st of February, 2023. It is Tuesday. Daniel Pedigree with you over the course of the next hour. We're broadcasting through SEN 1170 a.m. in Sydney, SENQ 693 a.m. in Queensland, and SEN 1620 a.m. on the Gold Coast. 1300 01 1170 is our open line number, or you can send a text on 0457 736 736, anytime throughout. The show before Vossie and Brandy for breakfast coming up after 6 a.m. Our Queensland listeners, you'll get the first hour of Vossie and Brandy before. Uh, Pattern and Heels from 7 a.m. local time, look, uh, 6 a.m. local time. Looking forward to that. Looking forward to hearing from you and anyone that calls on the open line this morning as well on 1-300-01-1170 uh, will receive a Makita prize pack. So get on the, uh, the line, talk about anything in sport, one 1170 or 457 is the way to get in contact this morning. Big show for us as well before the breakfast shows. Kick off Chris Perkins in around about 15 minutes will join me from America, talk all things American sport. A lot going on. I know the NFL is done and dusted for another year, but still a lot going on, so we'll talk to him. And John Gallo, our football expert, will talk to us about all things football. There's a lot going on, Uh, so he'll join me uh, in around about half an hour's time from now. Review the Premier League. Of course, we talked about the Matildas yesterday as well. So uh, he'll join me in about half an hour. one one 1170 the open line number. Or you can text 0457 736 736 if you want to get in contact with us this morning. Now, a lot to get through today as well. Before we get to some of the news of the day, some a lot of rugby league news around. Um, didn't get a chance yesterday. Of course, only a half an hour show yesterday due to the English Premier League. Uh, so pre-season challenge done. Now, I put a tweet out, I think it was on Saturday, saying that, look, I don't think the trial matches mean a lot. But are you more optimistic or more pessimistic about your team's chances this year? Now one seventy, the open line number or oh four five seven seven three six seven three six. Look, Manly ended up winning it, and they looked very good the other night against the Roosters. So if you're a Manly fan, you're more optimistic. The Roosters, I wouldn't read too much into that. Um, the Tigers very good the other day. Uh, so are you more optimistic or are you more pessimistic about your team's chances after the two trial matches you've seen than play? one one 1170 our open line number, or you can send a text 0457-736-736. Are you more optimistic or more pessimistic about your team's chances in 2023? one 1170 457 Now, a team that... Struggled in the Charity Shield on the weekend was the St. George Illawarra Dragons. Their first half in particular, pretty poor. Their second half, not as bad, but still uh, not the greatest performance ever. And then you would have seen on the various news outlets last night uh, that two uh, intoxicated St. George Illawarra players had to be separated after a heated exchange outside the team hotel at 6am in Mudgee on Sunday. So the Dragons are investigating the latest incident that has continued their horror start to the 2023 season, uh, both on and off the field. So the Dragons players were well behaved in public as the club gave them permission to enjoy a few drinks after the charity shield lost to the South Sydney Rabbitohs on Saturday afternoon. It is understood that the players weren't given a curfew, but we're told to the t- uh, we're told to return to the team hotel at a reasonable hour and in a responsible state. However, once back at the winning post Motor inn, name for a place, it's believed that some of the players continued drinking well into Sunday morning. The club has since confirmed two Dragons players engaged in an ugly exchange back at the team motel. Uh, teammates and club staff felt a need to interject and de-escalate the incident, which allegedly occurred at 6 a.m. The players had continued drinking at the motel after returning from their night out. A club spokesman confirmed there was a verbal disagreement or argument between the players, but did not release their names. Sources at the motel and Dragons management claim no punches were thrown. Uh, St. George Illawarra management is investigating the drama uh, and players. the two players can expect a sanction. Uh, if you're a Dragons fan, how are you feeling about your season at the moment? A lot of people before the trial matches were tipping you for the wooden spoon, um, and what we saw on Saturday on the field uh, didn't convince me. How are you feeling? Uh, talking about fans being pessimistic and optimistic after the trials, I think the Dragons would be one of the more pessimistic. You would feel one 1170 or 0457 736, 736 We'll see what happens uh, with that story over the course of the next uh, couple of days into the week. Of course, the Dragons in the first round, which is next week, uh, they have the buy. So they have an extra week to work on things. Uh, some may say they will probably need that, but we'll wait and see. They may surprise uh, everyone. Your thoughts on the Dragons, though, 1300 01 or you can text 0457 736 736. Now, uh, we talked about Dominic Young yesterday in the show and we know that there's been talks about where he is going to end, going to end up whether that be at the Roosters whether that be at the Newcastle staying at the Newcastle Knights or another club well it looks like uh, he's going to end up at the Roosters so he has dealt a devastating blow on the eve of the, N-R- the Knights NRL premiership after informing uh, the Knights of his plans to join the Sydney Roosters next season now hey, we know how good he was in the World Cup for England uh, it is understood uh, He's understood to have informed the Dolphins and the Gold Coast Titans of his plans to link with the Roosters in 2024. So the Dolphins, another good, very good player that they were going for that doesn't seem like they'll be joining. And the Gold Coast Titans would have been uh, very happy to have him as well. However, uh, the news was of uh, most significance to the Knights, as we know, who invested their faith in Young and turned him him into an international superstar. So the Knights, they did everything to keep him, uh, but their attempts to sign him to a long-term deal appear to have come up short as he prepares to move to the Roosters. The Dolphins and Titans had also made big plays for Young, uh, but it wasn't enough as the Roosters wielded out their big guns in an attempt to sign the English International. We said yesterday that last week Sydney Roosters coach Trent Robinson wined and dined young as part of uh, their recruitment plan. Uh, He is understood to have received offers in excess of $500,000 a season from rival clubs, but the chance to join the Roosters was too tempting. So not 100% confirmed, but close enough that Dom Young will be joining the Roosters in 2024. That is a blow for the Newcastle Knights. I saw, and I assume it was a Knights fan on Twitter, This morning, or they may have put it last night, but uh, I saw it this morning, asking, should Dom Young be playing for the Knights this year? Should they drop Dom Young? Now, we've seen examples of that in the past, but if the Knights want to do anything this year, and I know it's a uh, body blow to lose someone as good as Dom Young has been over the past 12 months, but really, if they want to do something this year, he has to be in that side, surely. Or do they grant him an early release? But I I wouldn't think the Roosters would be able to afford him this year. Um, it is an interesting one. I would be playing him if I was the Knights. You see so many examples these days of players signing a year before they go and join another club. And most of the time, 99.9% of the time, it doesn't affect their form on field. How would you be feeling if you were the Newcastle Knights though? Do you think the tweet I read was right? They should be dropping Dom Young. He shouldn't be playing this year after agreeing apparently to join the Roosters for 2024 and beyond. One 70 or oh four five seven seven three six seven three six, and uh, I think the other bit of a twist to this um, story is the fact that if Dom Young is going to join the Roosters in twenty twenty four, which it seems all but clear he is going to be doing, um, talk yesterday and talk uh, today about Joseph Suili making a decision soon on his future. Now we know he got uh, injured in that trial match against Manly the other night. A lot of talk about South Sydney, Waddingham. Uh, rugby Union, of course, with Eddie Jones back in charge, Waddingham. Um, it will be interesting, and, and apparently uh, the rumours are that is that Sueli'i and Moses, Mitchell Moses as well, are going to make the decisions in the very near future. So the is getting Dom Young, but will they be able to keep Sueli'i? Or is there more of a reasoning behind this signing of Dominic Young than we know right now? It will be interesting to see. Uh, the Roosters, I know, will do everything to keep Suatle, so but will they be able to? And will he be off to Rugby Union next year? We'll find out. But anyway, Dom Young to the Roosters. It seems one 70 Your thoughts on all of that, or oh four five seven seven three six seven three six. If you're the Knights, do you drop um, Dom Young for the year? I, I don't think you should, but we'll see what happens. Now, uh, Jack Wellsby, he was sensational for St Helens. Uh, the other night with their 13-12 win over the Panthers in the World Club Challenge. And now there's some NRL clubs after him. Now, he is under contract at St. Helens until the end of 2025, but NRL clubs are devising a plan to sign the player for 2026, 2027, and 2028. Uh, uh, Willsby is ready to play in Australia, and the successful NRL club would start to uh, try and get St. Helens for an early release in 2025. He's only 21 years of age. Uh, he could command a three year NRL contract worth $2.75 million, uh, Jack Wellesby. We know how good he is. We saw him, uh, of course, in the World Cup last year and then last night, uh, sorry, Saturday night against Penrith in the World Club Challenge. I think there'd be a lot of clubs looking uh, to get Jack Wellesby a part of their rosters in the next couple of years. Well, who has though been the best English import? It's a good discussion point. We have it every now and again when we see a new English player coming to the NRL, and we think Jack Wellsby may well be on his way in the next couple of years. Who's your favourite English import? Uh, could have been a recent one. Could have been one ages ago. One three hundred oh one eleven seventy or oh four five seven seven three six seven three six. Who's been your favourite English import to come from the Super League to play Rugby League? Doesn't have to be the NRL year. It can be, of course. But your favourite English import, the best English player to have played here. There's quite a few that you could name, but I'll let you do that. 0457 736 736. Open line is one 0111 70 I think Jack Wellsby would succeed. Some English players have come here and struggled, but some English players have come here and been sensational. Your favourite English import to play the game of rugby League in Australia, 0457 736 736 or 1300. 01-1170, your favourite English import. And just before a break as well, cricket. Of course, it was the main talking point yesterday. It's probably still going to be high on the priority list today. Now, we heard yesterday afternoon that Pat Cummins was returning home. Now, it has to be said that is in between test matches. Uh, all likelihood, he'll be back for the third test that begins next Wednesday, going for family reasons, uh, we have been told. But it also looks like David Warner and Josh Hazelwood are set to join Pat Cummins in flying home from India. So we know Cummins is flying home due to serious family illness, so we wish him all the best there before rejoining teammates ahead of the third test, which begins on March March 1, next Wednesday. However, uh, Hazelwood has been officially ruled out uh, after failing to overcome the Achilles injury, which has seen him sidelined since the New Year's test in Sydney. And it looks like David Warner is set to be home to, in order to recover from a fractured elbow he sustained during the first innings of the second test. While it's also been reported in the uh, nine papers that Ashton and Matt Renshaw could also be heading home. In addition, Todd Murphy is battling a sore uh, side, which saw him limited somewhat in the final innings of the second test. Uh, Andrew McDonald saying he'll hopefully be recovered in time for the third test. Uh, Cam Green and Mitch Stark and news, are both in line to play in that third test. Mitch Whipson has also left the squad ahead of the second test for the birth of his first child and will return to the group in preparation for the third test. So it looks like whatever way you look at it, Pat Cummins should be back, but no Dave Warner. And it is interesting, isn't it? Not that you uh, wish injury on anyone, but it is interesting that before this test, a lot of people were saying, what does the future hold for Dave Warner? Now we're going to see the Australian cricket team without David Warner And a different opener. Now, Travis Head opened the batting at the beginning of the innings in that second test um, the other day. So you'd think he would be in line to be opening the batting again in the third test. Matt Renshaw, if he's sent home, he won't be in line. 0457 736 736 or 1300 0111 70. Who would you go for to open the top of the order? Surely it would be Travis Head. But is there someone else you can think of? 0457 736 736. And... I know we're over a week away, but do you give Australia any chance against India the way things are progressing at the moment with so all these players going home, albeit Pat Cummins will return in all likelihood for the third test? one 1170 or 457 So that's just some of the things on our agenda on this Tuesday morning. Are you more optimistic? Are you more pessimistic about your team's chances in the NRL this year? What? Nine days away from the start of the season after the pre season challenge. More optimistic, more pessimistic. Uh, Dom Young, if you're the Knights, looks like he's going to be signing with the Roosters. If you're the Knights, do you still play him this year? I think you do, but a bit of talk around social media saying you shouldn't. one 0111 70 or 0457 736 736. And on the back of Jack Welsby being chased by some of these NRL clubs. In the next couple of years, your favorite English import, your favorite English player to come from the Super League to play the NRL, to play Australian Rugby League? 1 30 01 0457 and your thoughts on anything going on in the cricket? What other changes would you potentially make? One 1170 or 0457 736 736. We'll take a break. On the other side of this, your texts, and we'll cross to America and have a chat with Chris Perkins. It's 16 past five in New South Wales, 16 past four in Queensland. This is Tradies News in a Nutshell. Yes, good to have your company on this Tuesday morning, 20 past five in New South Wales, 20 past five in Queensland, 0457 736, 736 or open line number 1300 01 11 70 to America and Chris Perkins in just a second. Just asking a few things for you this morning. The text flying in. I'll get to them after we speak uh, to Chris. Are uh, you more pessimistic? Are more optimistic about your team's chances uh, after the trials? Dom Young, if you're the Knights, if he is going to the Roosters, which seems likely, do you play him this year or not? And your favourite English import, everyone after, well not everyone, but a lot of clubs after Jack Wellsby after his performance in the World Club Challenge just the other uh, night against the Penrith Panthers, but your favourite English import to come from the Super League to Australia to play rugby league. one 300 70 or 457 736 736 to all your texts in a second. But before that, let's do this.
0: Now on Tradies News, it's time to get the latest from the USA.
1: Yes, and Chris Perkins, there may be uh, no NFL as such on, but he's still been watching sport all weekend, and he's on the line now. Morning to you, Chris.
0: And watching football because professional Mm. football continues, even, even though it's not the NFL, uh, our one of our spring leagues opened up uh, this this weekend. The XFL, mm. the third version of the XFL, uh, opened up this weekend. So, uh, got a chance to watch watch football and wound up with it. Even though it's a minor league, it's minor football league. Uh, it was still pretty good and pretty darn exciting, at least in three of the four games this weekend.
1: Yeah, very exciting. And it's good that you still have something to watch as well, because I think we spoke last week. I asked you when once the Super Bowl, Super Bowl was done, what would happen after that. But you've already found something to watch, so you're fine. You're sorted. Yeah, well,
0: I, we, we get wider variety. The NFL yeah. takes so much air out of the room mm. during the fall and in the, in the winter. Uh, every weekend. You don't have a lot of time to focus on everything else. I was to at the NBA. We got the NHL, Major League Baseball starting up. Spring training starts this week in Florida and Arizona. And we've got the XFL and the USFL happening in the spring. So it'll at least scratch the football itch. It actually works out. 52 weekends in, in 2023, there will be professional football in 46 of them.
1: That's, that, that's a lot. That is a lot. I'm not trying to think where she said yes, that. Is. The NRL last year went 30, let's say 31 weekends. Um, and then we had probably about six weekends of the Rugby League World Cup. But no, that, do, that does not get us to 46 weeks. So uh, you beat us on uh, that one in terms of the NRL <laughs> and definitely the <laughs> AFL uh, as well. Now, uh, the NBA, they had their all-star weekend.
0: Yeah. Uh, uh, and, of course, it, it was entertainment. All weekend long in Salt Lake City you had uh, uh you had the rookie challenge um, Friday night you had the skills uh, competition on Saturday mm. uh Mac McClung uh wins the slam dunk competition uh winds up disproving a a stereotype and a movie title all all in in one performance plus think about this
2: mm.
0: Mac McClung is six foot two, second shortest winner of the NBA slam dunk contest in history. Uh, the only guy shorter than him to win the slam dunk contest, I uh, might remember this name, Spud Webb, back in the 80s. Mm. Who, who, I don't know where a guy like that, where were a guy that height, he's like five foot seven, gets those kind of hops to dunk on a 10 foot rim.
1: Yeah. Uh, I don't that, that is impressive. Yeah, I don't think a lot of taller people would be able to do that let, let, alone, let alone someone Certainly that not size. Me. Listen. Yeah.
0: Listen, my my vertical leap is best measured in millimeters. Mm. So, the I I I'm 6 foot 6 and can't dunk because I don't have vertical it blows my mind to see, see a five foot seven guy who can jump out of the gym or a six two guy who can jump out of the gym and throw down some dunks. And one of the dunks he had was was absolutely incredible. Jumped over not one but two people. I one person who was sitting on the shoulders of another holding the ball. He jumps over both of them, grabs the ball and dunks it.
1: Quite unbelievable. That's
0: impressive.
1: There are some athletes in the world, Chris, aren't there, that you wouldn't expect them to be able to do what they can do um and then there's some athletes that you'd expect to be able to do a lot more <laughs> that uh take that for granted as well it is interesting how it works
0: yeah it, it, you know hard work
1: mm. it helps
0: to to have have the baseline physicality to begin with but you got to put the work in to make maximum use of that physicality that god granted you so mm
1: uh he, he certainly has and, and uh, you know to be an elite athlete you've got to put in the work now the daytona 500 what's the latest out of that
0: well i it's it's the it's called the super bowl of motor racing it's the opening <laughs> race of the nascar season mm. uh it is a big deal at daytona international speedway 200 laps 500 miles going 200 miles an hour nose to tail it it, think of the worst traffic jam you've ever seen on the freeways of sydney Mm -hmm. except they're all going 200 miles an hour because everybody is nose to tail Mm. and you're just waiting for the wrecks now yesterday was a pretty clean race up until the end of it the race actually only supposed to go 200 laps actually went 212 laps because Uh, They like to have the race end on a green flag with, with actual racing instead of under a caution flag. So if there's a crash late, a yellow flag late, they'll just push the end back. So they restart, they do a green-white checker, a two-lap sprint to the finish. If there's a crash, they'll reset and do it again. They had to do it a couple of times yesterday at Daytona. So that's why the race went an extra 30 miles. But Ricky Stenhouse Jr. wound up winning the race. uh, His first Daytona 500, in fact, his first win... On the Cup Series, the the top NASCAR circuit, in five and a half years, his last win was the summer race at Daytona back in back in 2017. So a uh, 199 race losing streak snapped by Ricky Stenhouse Jr. and, and his car owner uh, Brad Doherty, Uh, becomes the first black car owner to win a Daytona 500. He's he's one of the principal owners uh, of the race team uh, that Ricky Stenhouse drives
1: for. You know, one of the more, I wouldn't say bizarre things, but a more interesting thing that happened to me a few years back, I was living, uh, when I was living in Melbourne, I was down there for a couple of years on and off, and um, I was finishing uh, where I was working at the time, and uh, I don't know why I was getting a cab back. It must have been track work or something that, P part is not that interesting. Um and it was just before uh must have been 2019, I think it would have been, it could have been 2020 uh, because it was all set up to go. It's just before the F1 race in Melbourne that they have uh, there each and every year. And uh, instead of going uh, the normal way across uh, the roads, he decided, this cab driver, uh, to go along the racing track. Now, I don't know if he did the whole racing track, but it was interesting going that way at home when you knew, what, two weeks later, it was that close to the race. Two weeks later, um, you would have so many superstars of tra- r- racing racing. Uh, around the world coming to compete in the F1. I mean, going a hell of a lot faster, thankfully, uh, than the cab driver, but interesting experience just uh, going along a famous piece of road that uh, a lot of people can go, uh, I think, normally, but when it's all set up for the F1, it's, it's very interesting, Chris. I'm a little. I'm a little disappointed. Your cabbie didn't try to match the speed of the F1 cars. I'm not. Uh, I, I'm sure you're
0: okay with that.
1: I, I was very much okay with it. I was happy just with the little scenic drive there, and not going uh, however fast they do go. Uh, now uh, the golf. Tiger Woods, he was in the news for several different reasons over the course of uh, the weekend, but uh, what did you make of the golf over the weekend?
0: You know, he played pretty well. It was the Genesis Invitation yes. with Riviera in Los Angeles. Uh, John Ron winds up winning it. Uh, uh, he's back to being number one in the world now for the fifth time in his career. Mm. Uh, but Tiger kind of an up and down day uh, or up and down weekend. Great Saturday shot 67. It was his lowest round to par in three years. Mm. Not bad for a guy who's been away from competitive golf for seven months and is still just trying to battle through, uh, the injuries he suffered in his car wreck a couple of years ago, but uh, it was it was a decent it was a great Saturday, yesterday not so much. He shot seventy three. He had a uh, eight hole stretch where he had four bogeys yesterday, uh, took him out. But still a, a solid weekend. Wound up in a tie for forty fifth at uh, at one at uh, one over par for the for the tournament. So. Excuse me, one under par for the tournament, but Rom John Rom wins it. He, how about this for uh, how he's doing so far? It's his third win already this year. His, his uh, winning so far in the last, or his winnings in the last two months in the PGA Tour, a very cool nine point four million dollars. Very nice. Not bad for a couple of months' work.
1: Yes, I'd take it. I'd take probably half of uh, that. i would too. Yes, I think most people would. Chris, brilliant stuff. As always, we'll chat again on Friday. Get a preview of the weekend ahead. So,
0: sounds good. Have a good day.
1: You too, mate. Chris Perkins in America, talking all things American sport. To your text in just a second, 0457-736-736. Now, uh, in the Telegraph today, it appears... Uh, that Rugby League is on the brink of peace after the intervention of ARL Commission Chairman Peter Volandi yesterday raised hopes that the NRL and the Players' Union could reach an agreement by the end of the week. Sources close to the negotiations told uh, the uh, told News Corp that the gap between the players and head office had been significantly closed, leaving officials confident that they were on the verge of resolving two of the more contentious issues around the players having agreement rights. Uh, Volandi has played only a minor role in the talks uh, so far, Far, but he took a seat at the table on Monday and is expected to be front and centre for the remainder of the week as the parties attempt to thresh out a final deal. Uh, Christian Welsh, Kurt Capel, also involved in the talks with RLPA Chief Executive Clint Newton, uh, the sources have told uh, News Corp that it would be a surprise if the big ticket items were not agreed by the end of the week, a result which would come as a relief to all involved. Uh, so we'll see what happens. Uh, there was an article similarly similar to that last week and it uh, didn't appear anything had happened. So we'll see what happens. But hopefully it is resolved uh, by next week before the season at kickoff. Now, asking you a few things this morning on 0457 736 736, or you can call the open line 1300011170. Are you more pessimistic, more optimistic about your club's chances or do trial matches not really matter? after what you've seen in the pre-season challenge dom young looks like he's going to the roosters from the knights i saw some social media talk on my way in here this morning about the fact that maybe the knights shouldn't play dom young this year i think they should um, if they want to be serious this year he plays surely but what do you think 0457 one 361300 70 and on the back of jack wellsby coming potentially coming to australia uh, some clubs after him in particular after his performance for St. Helens the other night against the Penrith Panthers. Uh, your favourite English import of all time can be in the NRL era, can be another time. 0457 736 736. On the text, the Radelaide Rooster says, Morning, Dan, my favourite English import would have to be Adrian Morley. Uh, cheers, the Radelaide Rooster. Yep, uh, he was a cult favourite. He got into a bit of trouble, <laughs> didn't he, on the field quite often, but... Gee, he was a good player, very strong for the Roosters. A very, very good player in his time. Great suggestion, and this from the Oval Treatment. Hi Dan, my top three English imports would be Ellery Hanley, Malcolm Riley, or really, and for bringing the round the corner kicking style to Australia, John Grave. That from the Oval Treatment in the t- uh, in. Uh, in terms of Malcolm really, he, of course, coached the Newcastle Knights as well uh, and took them, I think it was the coach, in 1997 to uh, their first premiership. I'm 99.9% sure he was. So, uh, yes, good English import as a player, Yeovil Treeman, is also very good as a coach. Keep them coming in, 0457 736 736 or 1300 01 11 We'll take a break. After this, we'll talk football with John Gallo. Good to have your company. We're here, of course, for Makita. This season, Makita helps you rule the outdoors. 0457736736, our open line number, or you can text 1300-01-1170. It is time now to do this.
0: Now on Tradies News, it's time for the latest in football.
1: Yeah, time to talk football. John Gello on the line. Morning, John. Morning, Dan. How things? Uh, Yeah, very well. How's your week going? Tuesday morning, second day of the week. I find Tuesdays, I love being here every day, but I find Tuesdays worse than Mondays, I reckon.
2: Yeah, it's a bit harder to get up then, isn't it, on yeah. a
1: Tuesday? But uh,
2: we keep striving forward, Dan, and because we're a wonderful servant to the community, we keep presenting wonderful radio
1: content. So that's what we do, isn't it? Some would argue yeah, that. But anyway, uh, let yeah. us uh, talk about the EPL. <laughs> Big weekend of the EPL uh, just gone. Let's go back. Uh, of course, we talked on Friday when Man City on Thursday beat Arsenal 3-1. Well, Arsenal were back in action on Saturday at night, and they defeated Aston Villa 4-2. So they lost to Man City, but back on uh, tracking with that win against Aston Villa on Saturday night. Yeah, they responded
2: and, uh, you know, everyone kind of thought that they had to respond if they had any chance of staying in this title race. I think more so from a confidence and a morale perspective as well. We we know it probably took them a bit of a knock that they lost the the game against City and, and previous to that they lost against Everton and then a draw against Bradford in between those two mm. fixtures, kind of really knocked Arsenal's title chances slightly out the window for uh, a, few, a few moments there, but they responded very, very well as they needed to and pretty much uh, had to come back into the game two separate occasions uh, to uh, not only level the scoreline, but then find uh, a winning goal in the end, which they did that with a fantastic strike by Jorginho, which hit the back of the head uh, from, uh, from Martinez and found the ball in the, in the uh, back of the goal. It was quite a bizarre goal in the end, but... Uh, Arsenal will take all the luck they can get at the moment. But a fantastic result for Arsenal. As you said, it kept them in the title race for sure. They're now leading on top of the table by two points with a game in hand, which is a wonderful position for Arteta's men to be in. And uh, for Aston Villa, they now, since that loss, find themselves just outside the top half of the table which will be a little bit disappointing for them. But uh, credit to Arsenal. They're now right back in the fight. They responded well as they needed to. Found the uh, resolve and the mentality to go forward and and get the winner in the end. So great result, tough fought victory, but hopefully for Arsenal's sake, they can really press on from here the rest of the season. Bradford and Crystal Palace had a one-all draw. Yeah, Bedford was a a wonderful result. Uh, Not for for Palace more than anything, because I think uh, Palace weren't expected to get anything out of this game. Bedford have been in wonderful form this year, find themselves top six, top seven of the Premier League ladder for some part of it. Thomas Frank has got that side really buzzing along, Uh, but Patrick Vieira's men need to find a little bit resolve and just find a way to get into the game and stay into the game as much as they could to try and get something out of it. They did exactly that. Good point for Palace.
1: A slight hiccup for, for Bradford. i just get your quick thoughts on these, these two games before we talk about Everton Leeds United. Bournemouth won over Wolves nil and Fulham won over Brighton nil.
2: Yeah, well, big game for Fulham and, and Brighton. This was, you know, almost uh, sixth versus fifth in the Premier League at the time and a wonderful uh, game in the end by, by Fulham. It really shows how far they've come under Marco Silva. Um, things got heated during the game. Roberto deservey Uh, was really in the face of the fourth official, thought some decisions didn't go his way and criticised the refereeing in the Premier League after the game. But a really great battle between two really good tactical-minded managers who've taken their sides as far as they possibly could this season. Uh, And well done to Fulham to press on. In terms of the other game you asked me about with Wolves and Bournemouth, yep. I think with Bournemouth now with that win now keep themselves away from the relegation just by, I think, a point or two. So that was a really must-win game for Bournemouth. And for Wolves, that now drags them again into the relegation dogfight. Tough uh, lost to Cop, but uh, a wonderful win for Bournemouth.
1: Speaking of uh, relegation zone, Everton won over Leeds United, nil, which has now put Leeds United back it, well into the relegation zone. And Everton out of it. Uh, Worrying signs for Leeds United, of course, got rid of their manager last week and now in the relegation zone.
2: Yeah, and without a manager as well, things must uh, be really astray there at the football club at the moment. Players must be asking themselves when are they getting a the new manager into the job because the sooner they do that, the better. Certainly, when you've got a relegation dogfight happening on your hands, you don't want to be without a manager. That just adds to the to the complication of problems that you've already got. Um, but well done to Everton; they need to respond in this game because they just lost the Merseyside derby. Uh, and they needed to get some kind of momentum going. They've hopefully now done that with the win against Leeds and now they can really press on under Sean Dyche. But it goes to show you the improvement Sean Dyche has already had on that football team to get Everton up Mm. this game, to get them mentally into the the mindset of having to win and, and respond after that loss against Liverpool was a big, huge achievement for him. So well done for Everton. They get themselves out of relegation. As you said, Leeds now in the midst of it and hopefully for Leeds' sake they can find some form and find a new manager, ASAP, to
1: help them out here. Yeah, that relegation battle is going to be very interesting uh, as it ta- as we head towards the end of the season. Uh, Chelsea, a bit of a, although Chelsea haven't been faring th- that well this year, but uh, losing 1 0 to Southampton at home.
2: Yeah, this is a big, big loss for Chelsea. Um, and I said I think in the preview of this game, the worst situation for Graham Potter right now would be to lose against bottom place and managerless Southampton. Um, it couldn't get any worse. He did come out in the in- post game interview and. He kind of dug himself a little bit of a hole with some of his comments. He said that because they had a game only a couple of days previously uh, in the Champions League, it needed he needs to rotate his squad. And because he needed to rotate his squad, that kind of mucked up the stability of it. Uh, anyway, the players he, he rotated them with were about 300 million pounds worth. So I don't know what he's uh, complaining about. And they've spent over 600 nice million good, pounds in the January transfer window alone. So mm. it's not as if they're short of players. They've got about 10 new recruits. In their squad, which not many teams could even dream about, uh, but I think he's, the pressure could is just boiling over for Chelsea and Graham Potter at the moment. People saying that he, they need to sack Graham Potter, they need to move on with him. He doesn't know what he's doing in the job. Uh, yeah, he has huge complications for Southampton. Well done, they have had a really bad season this season, bottom of the of the pile. Hopefully for their sake, now they can really find some kind of fight in them to try and get the best out of the season they possibly can. They might not get out of relegation, but they can try and be a, a nuisance to a few sides. That would be wonderful. And they need to get a manager in, in the job as well. They've still not got a manager, which doesn't help them at all in the situation. So tough
1: weeks for Chelsea, that's for sure. Now, uh, what about this? Man City one all against Nottingham Forest. Not a great result for Man City. No, but it has the potential to be a,
2: a potential banana pillar for Man City because, you know, the fact that Nottingham, Nottingham is always a rocking place. Nottingham fans are always buzzing. They're always behind their fans all the time. They're very close to the pitch there as well. So it doesn't make it easy when you've got to go away from home and play uh, Nottingham at their home ground. It's a difficult place to come play. They've already had a few scouts this year. See Cooper's got that side really humming along nicely this year after a shaky start to the season. Uh, with Man City, they looked very offered, I have to say. Harlan wasn't really involved. The Bruyne was very quiet. Bernardo Silva at times, I mean, he scored a goal for them, but he was a little bit lost at times. So some of their key players just missed the beat a little bit. And... Uh, Unfortunately for for City, they didn't respond after having a a fantastic win a couple of days prior against Arsenal. They kind of fell back into a heap a little bit, which is something that we've seen from City a few times this season already. Uh, But Nottingham, a great point for them, a strong point, and uh, really shows the improvement they've had under Steve Cooper this season.
1: Just quickly, because I want to ask you about Man United, Liverpool 2-0 over Newcastle, a bit of a return to form over the past couple of games for Liverpool? Yeah,
2: absolutely. Well, this is, I have to say, the best uh, game of the week, I thought, in terms of the ebb and flow between the two teams. They both were attacking each other. Defence went out the window. It was wonderful scenes at St. James's Park, a real buzzing St. James's Park as well. And uh, this is the first flip-up from Newcastle they've had after about 20, 20 league games. This is the first loss they've suffered. So that goes to show you how well they've done under Eddie Howe. Jurgen Klopp, the first time they had back-to-back wins this season. So it shows how much uh, Liverpool have been offbeat this season. But Hopefully, for their state, they can really press on now. They're, they're looking at top six as a possible finish. And now, with that win, the back to back win, the first one against Merseyside and against Everton and then against Newcastle now, hopefully, now they can really get some momentum
1: behind them and press on for the uh, remaining of the season. And Man United 3 over Leicester City Neil, Do you give Man United still a chance to win the title, an outside chance? I do, actually. You look at the league ladder, they're about five points away from Arsenal. Um, I think they're two or three points
2: off from, from Man City, from memory, second place Man City. So, look, they're, they're absolutely in it. When you look at it from a mathematical point of view, there, there's no reason why they wouldn't be. Um, and Arsenal and City at the moment have been fairly inconsistent. So uh, you don't know. Man, Man United are in a good position, I think. They're just kind of on the outer edge. No one's really looking at Man United and telling them that they're the title favourites. They're just going about their business week in and week out. I think they've got the key players, Bruno Fernandes, playing really, really well on the weekend. Marcus Rashford grabbed two as well. His, his form has been unbelievable this season. Um, so all the key players that you expect for Man and I to, to lift have been doing exactly that. And I think this gives them a, a real chance now to really continue on and and, and find form again and, and you know finish the season off as strong as they can. Leicester, it's a huge defeat for them. they are now uh, got Arsenal coming up this weekend as well. So they've had two really tough weekends mm. to compete with. And now because of this, they could find themselves back in that relegation dogfight uh, if they're not careful.
1: Yeah, going to be interesting. We also saw Tottenham 2 over West Ham 0 yesterday and the Matildas uh, on Sunday night in front of over 17 and fans against Spain. Their first ever victory against Spain in the Cup of Nations. Uh, they play tomorrow I think it is against Jamaica and Newcastle but a really nice build up to that World Cup that is going to be here in uh, July and August. Uh, be the biggest event in Australia's sport uh, this year. John, great stuff as always. We'll chat on Friday and we'll have another chat. We'll talk maybe more about the Matildas then. We've got uh, a bit more time and also look ahead to uh, another big weekend in the English Premier League.
2: Okay mate take care and talk soon.
1: Thanks mate. John Gallo talking all things football on the text 0457 736 736. Uh, Matt says hi Dan if Mitch Moses signs with the Tigers will para drop him? Of course not same with Dom Young. It's just the modern reality of football. That from Matt. I agree but there was some social media talk saying if Dom Young does sign with the Roosters... He shouldn't be playing for the Knights this year, or he should be playing reserve grade. I think if the Knights want to do anything this year, he should be in first grade. 0457 736 736 or 01 Good text, Matt. We'll get to more of them in a second. It's 11 to 6, 11 to 5 in Queensland. Yeah, breakfast with Andrew Voss and Greg Alexander coming up after the 6 a.m. news. Brandy is in the studio with me. Vossy is making his way in. Hello, Brandy. Hello, Dan. How, How are we? I'm very good. Very good on this, uh, what day is it, Tuesday morning? Tuesday, Tuesday, Tuesday morning. morning, Valentine's yep. Day, really. Yes, yep. yes. <laughs> week late. Vossie's already done the run to the cafe early on. Oh,
0: yeah, I've just uh, finished a bacon and egg roll. Mm. I've got an avocado on toast turkey spread ready to go. Sort of I'm like lunchtime for Vossie. <laughs> <turkey spread And laughs> I've since got my <laughs> orange juice. Well, it's a long drive in, and I was a bit peckish today. A bit peckish, and it's a long day. A lot of filming today for Fox League, but
1: we have got mm. a ball-tearing open line topic today. Oh, Mm. Going to tease it or not? Well, uh, yeah, I say yeah, yes. May, maybe, let, it out, maybe, but Don't let li- it out of the bag. In, in light of what happened yesterday, yeah, uh, oh, I, I, over the uh, over the weekend in the cricket, uh, in the light of learning that Andrew McDonald wouldn't have said anything to those players as mm. the coach of the cricket team, mm-hmm. we thought, well, who would you like to put in the box? Like who who, who would you like yep. in the rooms in the in the in the dressing rooms of the Australian cricket side to shake them up a bit? Yeah. To get them
0: not to play the sweep shot. And they don't have to be cricket uh, cricket background. It Could be anyone. I'm talking, anyone. I'm
1: talking, you know, anyone. you can't handle the truth. <laughs> you know, like, something <laughs> like that. They'll listen to that. Fire Mr. T, yeah. yep. you fool. Yep. I, <laughs> I want someone spit, sweep, you fool. swearing and spitting <laughs> yes. over the players to get through their head not to play the sweep. Uh, as you call them not to play the sweep shot, you idiots, I think, is running it out. Yes. <laughs> well, you yeah.
0: know, that's... It's just, that's what happens. Tell you what, the tradies news in a nutshell Mm.
1: today, Mm. nine out of ten. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, What's on breakfast as well as that wonderful talk topic?
0: Uh, In the first hour, going to St. Helens. We will go to St. Helens to the coalface of the world champions, Mm. St. St. Helens, with Stuart Pike, who's now the voice of darts. Mm. This is Helen's man through into
1: through, a rugby league man. So Andrew Bogart will yeah, join us too. Very talk, good. Uh, NBL. Okay. We got
0: yes, Bogut, yes, we didn't? have.
1: Very wow. good. Very good. Wow. Uh, Vossie and Brandy coming up after the six a.m. news. Good Queensland listeners, too. thank you. We will, uh, they, you will take the first hour of Vossie and Brandy, then Pannon Hills along at six a.m. local time. Thanks for your company today, Vossie, Brandy, Up next, we'll chat to Maddie Cox from uh, Melbourne's Trades News tomorrow. I'll see you tomorrow morning, five a.m. Have a great Tuesday.